Greetings, welcome, and good day. You are now tuned into the third episode of the Season Vet Podcast. I'm so happy you could make it to another chapter of the show. This week, we're joined by the first person who agreed to sit down for an interview with this podcast. Now, because I wasn't able to meet with her earlier in the day, we started recording this episode at 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and she had to go to work the next day. But she was that dedicated to getting the show kicked off. She stayed up late on a school night to let me get this interview in. I've known this wine one for a little over five years. She PCS'd my unit in 2018, and it was sisterhood at first sight. So if it feels like you're listening to a conversation between two friends, it's because you are. Now, I never require that guests on this show use their true name, rank, or branch of service, because I do understand and respect privacy. However, Dawn insisted on using her real name and rank, because she wants you to know that if you are a sister that needs her help, she stands by ready to offer it. Wayne Wen Ogunwale is a bright beacon of sunshine and a flourishing wealth of knowledge at any unit she's a part of. And the Coast Guard is a better place because of sisters like her. Now, because this was the first episode I recorded, for some reason I felt compelled to clarify Dawn's race and gender. <laughs> As if it wasn't obvious by the everything about this show. <laughs> Y'all go ahead and say a prayer for me. Because I named this episode, Dawn is a Black Lady. Hey, friend. Hello. <laughs> How's it going? It's going. I'm, I'm so glad that, you, that you're that you here and you, uh, you're you doing this. You look great, and it's good to see you. Uh, I think it's been close to, what, two, three years now? It hasn't been that long, has it? it? 2020 is the last time we... Oh, fair enough, fair enough. So And it is now years. 2023? It is. Oh, yeah. Happy Jordan year. <laughs> Happy Jordan year. Thank you so much. <laughs> we can get into it. I know it's a, it's a very late hour and you got things to do tomorrow morning. So would you like to uh, give a name or? Yes. So I am uh, Don Ogunwale. I am a first class petty officer in the U.S. Coast Guard. Come on. Better say that shit like you mean it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Don. Well, my first question was, what's your connection to the service? But you did just give us your name, your rank, and uh, which branch of service you've been in. And just as a background, were you uh, raised around any military people at all? So my, my parents were not military, but I had uncles and uh, cousins and uh, brothers that were in the military. So I have a little bit of military background, but not a whole lot. What got me interested in the military itself was going through the ROTC program at my high school. I made it to pretty much the highest ranking person you could be in the J-ROTC. So I was like, okay, well, maybe I could do something similar in the military. Right on. Not quite the same. I will say that. <laughs> what, you mean J-ROTC is not the same as the actual Coast Guard? It is not <laughs> the same at all. You enjoyed your time in the Coast Guard more than Jay Ratsy, though, right? I'm kidding. <laughs> no, did you? <laughs> so, how, so far, how do you feel about your time in uniform? So my time in uniform has been interesting. There have been some good times. There have been some pretty rough times. There have been some really bad times. But all in all, would I have done things differently? Would I have not joined the military? I probably still would have joined the military I just wish that I would have known a lot more before I joined. 
What specifically do you wish you had known before you had joined? So I wish I had more time to kind of figure out what it is that I wanted to do with my career. Not saying that I settled for this particular rate, but there were other rates that I've learned more about that I probably would have gone instead. This isn't the most interesting rate. Is, is right. <laughs> no. But do I mind doing the job? No, I actually like doing the job some days. Some days. Yeah. <laughs> it's a necessary job. People depend on you. The Coast Guard cannot run without you and people like you. Since being in, has there been like a, a tough situation where another black lady helped you out? Yes. So I've actually had quite a few mentors. Um, after oh, and I'm sorry. I should tell everybody. Dawn is black. <laughs> <laughs> Dawn is a black lady. Yes, I am. The last I checked. She is an African-American, American-born black lady. <laughs> yes. Okay. So. so I have quite a few mentors that are African-American, and I rely on them a lot to kind of guide me through some of the rough situations that I've been in. I don't know if a lot of people that are listening know this, but the Coast Guard for a while was very male dominated. Just, I mean, just like any Mm -hmm. other branch of service, it was male dominated. Mm -hmm. Um, There were a lot of issues that we were facing as women that, I mean, it's changed now. They're still working towards more changes for women. Um, But when I first joined, there were a lot of units that I could not go to because I was a woman, um, because they had no birthing for me or the specific job. There were no women doing the job. So um, it was kind of a a, uh, interesting situation to be in where I simply could not go to that position. I could not go to that unit because I'm a woman. In case in point, um, cutters. There were a lot of um, cutters that only had room for a male birthing unless you were a certain rank wow so and mind you you are a millennial you are a young woman and even in your time being in the military there was no room for you right so like at certain units i would say i've been in about 17 years so a lot of changes have been made as of right now i'm currently on a cutter so it's totally different (laughs) for me now (laughs) than it was when i joined so times have gotten dare I say, better? For the most part, there, there are some <laughs> changes that could still be made. But for the most part, a lot of the challenges that I was facing are not a challenge anymore. Would you say a lot of those or any of those challenges, would you say any of those challenges that you faced earlier in your career, were they institutional or were they because of your, your low rank because at one point you were an E3. At some point in your career you were an E4. So the challenges that, that existed that you faced, were they institutional or were they uh, structural in, in regards to your, your rank? I think it was a little bit of both. Okay. Only because when I, I joined in 2005, so like I was talking about with the different um, type of units that I wouldn't have been able to go to, it was a little bit of, hey, this is how things are right now. We don't have female birthing. And it was also part of the fact, like I was a, um, a non-rate and I was also at E4 at the time when I was trying to get those units and they did not have the birthing available. 
Um, but there were chiefs that were female that were able to get on those cutters because they were chiefs, mm -hmm. and they had birthing available for those chiefs. So um, it was a little bit of, of both, in my opinion, for that. Mm -hmm. Right on. So back to my mentors, there were... I'd recommend, if you're joining like any branch of service, to have a mentor male mentor if you want one um a female mentor as well mm -hmm. because you're gonna go through different experiences and your mentors are going to be your like first line of help assistance because there are still people that do not understand like the things that i go through every day being a black woman mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and no offense to them right everybody has their own experiences mm -hmm. so I can't be upset that you don't understand the things that I'm going through because you never went through them. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. We have a very uh, unique experience. That yes, is... we do. <laughs> especially Inside and outside of the military. <laughs> just specially catered towards us. Just We are the only ones that get this, this treatment. I get it. Uh, and you're right. It does help to have a, a mentor that looks like you. Tell me if you can, tell me a war story. And by war story, I just mean a story where you were tested, but you came out on top. Okay. And, and I know as a, as a first class petty officer, you had to have had at least one win. Oh yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I've had quite a few wins in my career, uh, but one that kind of stands out to me the most is having to deal with a supervisor who is not on your side. <laughs> um, and what I mean by not on my side was more so like everything that I did was wrong in their opinion, like every single thing. Um, there was no getting around how they felt about me and I just kind of had to deal, right? Mm -hmm. As they were leaving, they told my new supervisor, they shared information on how they felt about me to their new, to my new supervisor and that new supervisor didn't give me an opportunity to prove myself any different than what they were saying. So I had to deal with the same thing for a little while. I didn't break down or anything like that. I didn't, I just kept my head up. I kept going and I did my fucking job. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so there was no way to deny that like, I'm not who they say I am. There was, there was no way for that person to be like, Oh yeah, she's a shit bag or or anything like that. For yeah, right on. So I've had to to fight <laughs> to basically <laughs> prove myself worthy of, of whatever I was proving myself for. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So in my opinion, that was a win for me because I didn't even know this person, and they had this perception of me because of a previous supervisor who did not like me. I literally had to just put my head up, keep my head up, keep going do the same level of work that I've been doing, you know, and just prove myself to, to this new person. That is a win. At like the time. Self-preservance is a win. Yeah. At, I'm giving, I'm going to give you a little bit more detail about the situation. I was stationed in South Carolina and I. What was your rank then? I was a YN2 at the time. Okay. I just, I literally just made YN2. Okay. At the time. I was coming from a place where I did not, I was out of rate as a yeoman 
basically what out of rate means is that um, you're not doing the typical yeoman job, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So I did not have experience as a yeoman. And although I had been a YN2 for, I had been in the Coast Guard at that time for like eight years or so. Was it eight years? No, it was five years. And I just made YN2. They're expecting you to know certain things. So hold on, as, as a new E5, mm-hmm. you had never worked in your rate, in your job, which Never. You, what you went to A school for. Correct. You were set up for failure, it sounds like, uh, because when you leave A school, you're supposed to go into your job, wh- whatever you know, whatever your A school is for, whatever you just got through training for, so that you don't lose that knowledge that you just got. But what right. you're saying is you were set up for failure from the start. I spent four years <laughs> out of rate doing a job that's not a a yeoman job and these are crucial four crucial years these are your first four years out of a school right Correct. and i didn't so i won't say i didn't know my job i didn't know the things that i should have known as a yn2 i'll say that Mm because i knew my job um i knew what it entailed Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there were some things that i just simply did not know because i wasn't doing those things right for example in the spo you're in charge of records you're Mm -hmm. in charge of filing and and kind of handling certain transactions in direct access. Mm-hmm. I had no, like, I've never done that before at that time. So I had no clue what it is that I was doing. And my very first day there, I spoke to the chief, who was the supervisor of the office at the time, and I let her know that, hey, um, I'm a fast learner. I just need some grace because I've not been in this particular job before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tried to get some training from going to PPC, but there's only so much training they can give you in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. So give me some grace. Yeah. I'll make it happen, and we'll go from there. You were up front. You let her know, hey, I'm I'm new to this job, and I've never done it before. Right. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm an E5, but I've never done this particular job before. Right. I didn't want to come in and them have the expectation that I knew exactly what I was doing doing mm-hmm. because I didn't right and I'm being fair about that saying hey I, I don't know how to do this right <laughs> you know so I did have grace for a little bit and then I did not have grace um and that was only a <laughs> month into the job oh boy so <laughs> and this is from a, there like a three or four year billet yes it is lord <laughs> so from there it just became after a while it just kind of became a hostile work environment because I was expected to know some things that I didn't, I simply did not know. And yes, I am a fast learner, but I'm not that fast. You know, (laughs) I have to do some things over and over again to get them. Our rate is ever changing. Yes. So yes, (laughs) it's one of those things where you have to stay on top of policy. You have to know the different changes that are going on and things Mm -hmm. like that. Eventually I did get pulled out of that office and put into a different office and even that situation was odd because I came in one day and they were like, oh, you're not working in there anymore. You're working here. Wow. And that was like, <laughs> there was no heads up or anything. Um, I trained with an amazing civilian who was doing household goods at the time. Mm-hmm. And I took her place because she was retiring. So I learned how to do household goods for um, the entire AOR mm-hmm. in a very short period of time. So I kind of mastered that and, and made it, made and look, it happen. For our listeners... 
household goods is a very important part of a yeoman experience. It's a very important part of a admin and getting your goods moved from one place to the next. Anytime you move from one village to the next, you're going to go through household goods. I'm sorry, if you're moving from one city to the next, you're going to go to uh, household goods. And that's regardless of your branch, your rank, your service. Like, if you're moving, you have to go through them. So she mastered household goods after having been shaded for not being an, an up-to-par E5. <laughs> right. And so I was in household goods working. I did not work for this chief anymore because we had a very hard time working with each other. Mm-hmm. This chief, and did she uh, look like you? She did. She did? She absolutely did. <laughs> I love nuance. Please continue. <laughs> yeah, so I wasn't even working in the office with her. And she was kind of still in a supervisor role for me. Like mm-hmm. she was in my like chain sort of um even though i had a different chain because Mm -hmm. of our conflicts and her replacement is who she was like yeah don't you know look out for her and this that and other she's (laughs) she's not a good worker that sort of thing so i had this this new chief come in and just treat me really badly for a little while until she actually saw that like the things that were said about me were not true she even came to me and she said that she apologized for how she treated me. Good. Because I do very good work and I work hard. Don, that's also a win. Not only did you master your trade, you also made this woman come around. Right. I mean, honestly, I don't feel like I have a choice in the matter. Like, I'm not going to allow somebody to control how I feel every day coming into work. You're not going to make my days bad. You're not going to create an environment for me where I don't want to come to work. Because if I don't want to come to work, then I don't want to produce. And I always want to produce. Like, I always want to do the best job that I fucking can. Period. Dawn was a top performer in her uh, last unit. Actually, her last couple of units. She's got a couple of coins and awards to uh, show for it. And the people on her boat cannot stop talking about how great she is. I'm, I'm almost sick of hearing about it. <laughs> Don has work ethic if she has nothing else. <laughs> break, break. And now, a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by the Shocker Tree. At the Shocker Tree, they are experts at what they do. But knowing the best techniques is only part of the process. Their goal is to make you feel great. Whether you're in for a one-hour massage or the entire spa day, your comfort is of the utmost importance. If you're anywhere in the DMV area, you can book online at tct-spa.com You can also call or text directly at 667-210-6622. And if you really want to treat yourself to something nice, ask Daphne about the Balm and Gilead. It'll change your life. At the Chakra Tree, it's more than a massage. It's care. Break, break. And now back to the podcast. The new chief. All right, so the old chief did look like you. Mm-hmm. The new chief. Did not. The new chief gave you a chance after, afterwards. Yes. Finally came around, and this was a person that did not resemble you. I love nuance, though. Um, would you say that the, tre- the treatment you receive, has that changed with rank? It has. Okay. It, it truly has. Like, um, as a YN2, I was kind of not seen as someone who knew what they were talking about i was always <laughs> hearing that um okay so let me give you an example mm-hmm. 
someone would come to me and ask a question about a policy or something like that. I would answer it. Um, if I didn't know the answer right then and there, then I would say, hey, let me look it up for you and I will shoot you an email or, or get back to you, come and talk to you about what I found, right? Mm-hmm. So I would do that. If I knew the answer, I'd shoot it off. If not, I got the answer. And they would go and verify with someone that was much higher ranking than me. <laughs> or with, you know, like on my YM1 or my chief warrant officer, they would verify with one of them that what I said was correct, even though that it, it was correct. <laughs> so I really have not dealt with that anymore since I made first class. Since I made first class, pretty much like what I say is kind of what it is. Okay. <laughs> Which is funny because these are the same, these are some of the same answers that I've given before. <laughs> But also, if they didn't trust you, then why even ask at first? Like, if you're going to go to a warrant second, just go to them first and all together. Like, don't waste my time. Right. <laughs> like, oh. I literally see myself in chain, like, in the email chains where I had answered the question already. <laughs> and my YN1 copied me on the answer that she gave. And it was just like, oh, okay, so I guess my answer wasn't good enough. But... <laughs> You know, they wanted a name brand answer. <laughs> yeah, I was I was the great value version <laughs> of that. But I do I get a lot more respect from uh, from higher ranking personnel, um, chiefs, officers. Like I I really feel that they trust me now that I'm a wine one. <laughs> nice, nice. Do you feel like that trust that uh, you now receive would have come sooner had you not looked the way you do. Mm. That's a very good question. Um, would you have been trusted sooner had you uh, been in a different uh, demographic? I, did, I honestly can't say that I know that I don't know. I'd like to think that I... it would still be the same but deep down inside I kind of know that it it yeah <laughs> I've had I've, I've had some instances but we won't talk about those right now right on right on fair <laughs> enough let's say you had a daughter or any young impressionable black girl in your life that you cared about and she was considering a life in the military would you stand in the way of her joining would you would you try and talk her out of it I wouldn't try to talk her out of it um, because I couldn't have, like, I was not, my, my parents tried to talk me out of joining the military and um, I was kind of hard-headed, I guess you would say. I went in anyway. <laughs> I, I was going to do what I wanted to do. So I envisioned my child doing the same exact thing because why not? <laughs> so I'm not going to talk them out of it. What I would do is prepare them for what they are going to face, some of the things that they may face some of the decisions that I wish I would have made differently, I would have, I would talk to them about that and just, you know, prepare them for life in the military because it's not a piece of cake. It's not easy. It's not J. Rotsy. <laughs> um, so it, it's totally different from what I thought it would be. What did you think it would be? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Um, so what? <laughs> I thought it would be is not what it is right now. 
<laughs> and that's a good answer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was the Coast Guard your first choice? The Coast Guard was not my first choice. Um, believe it or not, I wanted to go into the Air Force. All right. <laughs> and be a pilot. Okay. So this is totally different than what I wanted to do. Well, I'm not see. saying that I settled. I didn't. <laughs> um, but I was, I was ready to be on my own. I was ready to do my thing in the adult world. Right I kind of wish that I would have stayed at my mom's house a little longer. <laughs> No. Well, to be fair, the uniforms are very similar, so... They are. In <laughs> fact, I mean, I can go to the Air Force Exchange right now and get a shirt. See? <laughs> How do you think your experience with the service could have been improved or can be improved? I will say this. You cannot change people. You really can't. They have to want to change themselves. Mm-hmm. That, that's one thing. So a lot of the training that we are doing to try and change people from who they are, they're going to be that way. What And what trainings are, are you specifically talking about? So this is just my opinion. Mm-hmm. So civil rights training mm-hmm. is, Get it in. helps. Get into it. But at the same time, it does not change who people are going to be and who they are. Like some people actually go, and I've heard people make comments about just going to the civil rights training because they have to get it out of the red. Mm-hmm. But they're still the same people that they've always been. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, mm-hmm. just be open to other people's experiences and what they've been through. Understand that like not everything that you've dealt with is the same thing that somebody else has dealt with. Also, be better to your people. Like people that work for you, mm-hmm. they're people. At the end of the day, Mm -hmm. there are some days where they're going to have difficult days and they're going to have good days. And you kind of control that, especially at work. Mm -hmm. Part of what people are going through stems from what they're having to deal with at work. Yes, there are some outside elements like home life and mental wellness and things like that. But you ultimately see these people eight hours a day (laughs) for pretty much most of the time five days a week Mm -hmm. sometimes more than that depending on like if they're in your duty section or something like that so you have the control to make somebody's day really shitty or really good Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so keep in mind when you're like demanding that they do something or you're assigning work to them or something like that they're not your stepping stones they have feelings Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they have things that they're going through Mm -hmm. you can make or break them Mm-hmm. You really can. That's just some of the small things that I think that could be changed. Policies are a big thing, <laughs> but there's not a whole lot that can be done about that unless like people are actually seeing that some of the policies that they're making are not beneficial to the people that they're making them for. Mm-hmm. If you're going to make a policy and you're going to ask for feedback on said policies, yes. actually take the feedback into consideration <laughs> instead of just making a policy that doesn't make any sense. I know we both have examples of said policies, but we won't get into that this podcast because, yeah. Actually, a policy change. A policy change that I did like was the hair. The hair was good. Yeah, we loved that. We loved the hair. It was, look, it was useful. It It was was useful. It was useful, and it was useful right away. (laughs) Because I sure did, you know, I sure did get my hair done that week. As soon as, I was like, look. You see this policy, girl? <laughs> Hook a sister up. Put them braids in there. So it sounds like your experience could have been improved with 
more caring leadership. Well, I'm not just talking about leadership. I'm mm-hmm. not talking about the leaders. I'm talking about I'm talking about everyone okay. actually because yeah. it stems from people who are working with you and it goes up from there. You know what I'm saying? We could all stand to do better. Right. I'm with it. I agree. <laughs> like it's not always the supervisor that is your first impression of the coast guard. Sometimes it's somebody you work with. Sometimes it's somebody that is the same rank as you, doing the same job. Like, sometimes they can make a hostile work environment for you and not even know it. Since being in the Coast Guard, have you been able to uh, establish village with other people? Have you been able to find sisterhood? I have. Okay. I absolutely have um, found sisterhood with my mentors, with my mentees. I actually mentor people now. And just with other shipmates that I've grown to, you know, love. So I have my own like little ship family (laughs) now. But before that, there was the Charleston crew. There was the OKC crew. Like there's a bunch of people throughout my career that if I called them right now and I said, hey, I need your advice on what I'm going through at work, I'd get that advice. Like they'd pick up the phone for me. So... Yes, I've been able to build a a small community of people who I can rely on and I can speak to about things that I'm going through. I'm I'm very sure that community has made your time in the service easier. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because like I said in the beginning, there's been some rough times, some very bad times. There have been some good times, too. Tell me about a time when you experienced something that you know to be unique to you. Because you're a black woman. And it could be good or bad. Like something good happened to you just because you're a black woman. Something bad happened to you just because you're a black woman. Sometimes people are nice to you just because they know. <laughs> hmm. I'm trying to think. Because <laughs> there's quite a few, but there's some that I really, um, I wouldn't want to talk about gotcha. right yeah. now. Absolutely. Because they're kind of traumatic <laughs> Very experiences. Very understandable. How about this one? Let's say you were just starting your life on your own and you were presented with the chance to join the service for the first time. Knowing what you know now, would you still join? Honestly, I would I would still join the Coast Guard. And I'll say only because I've, over the years, I've made friends in different branches of service. Mm-hmm. And they pretty much have similar stories to mine. But at the same time, their their stories are a little bit worse <laughs> because oh. of how large their branches of service are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that the things that we've all gone through are bad or, or um, not not bad. They are bad. But I'm not saying that um, we should be going through those things because we shouldn't. We absolutely should not be going through right. some of the things that we're going through in 2023. <laughs> Being in the Coast Guard has allowed me to be present for certain things in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, like the death of my father, I was able to get home pretty quickly. Whereas if I were in the Navy and I was out on a ship, would I have been able to get home as quick? Probably not. So for that, I will say that the Coast Guard has been more beneficial for me than I feel like other branches of service would have been. So you would join? Yeah, I would definitely. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You know they're getting rid of the legacy. It's only BRS from now. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm locked in. I'm good. But if you were new, if I was if I was new, I don't. I mean, <laughs> we're gonna have to work something out. No, I'm kidding. But um, 
Remember what I said earlier about the policies that I don't really agree with? Right, right. That's one of them. Um, Understandable. Nobody who is enjoying their time in Legacy wanted BRS. And I'm speaking mostly just for enlisted people. I I think the officers kind of like BRS a lot more than Legacy. But they're allowed to. When you speak to your chain of command, do you feel like you're being heard? In some cases, yes. And in other cases, no. And it depends on what I am saying. Like, if it's something that they're asking me a question about, like policy, um, if they're if they're asking me about policy, then then I think that they hear me when I give them the policy. But if I'm telling them that you know um, I don't necessarily agree with the policies that they've chosen that do not match the policy that actually is policy, um, <laughs> I don't think that they agree with me very much with that. And I'm not just talking about one command i think that's that's pretty much all the commands that i've i've had <laughs> no one likes to hear that they're not doing things correctly and i get right that. <laughs> would you say that you're you're listened to more now than you were younger in your career oh yes absolutely <laughs> they're like oh why and one knows everything and i'm like that is that's not exactly accurate but i will find you an answer <laughs> for sure i'm not just gonna bullshit it and just say, oh, yeah, well, it's this, and I have no clue. But they have a lot of faith in me, and I, I really, I really, I feel better about that now. Good. For non-policy things that you take up to your chain of command, if it's, if it's a complaint, and it's a complaint about something that's happened on the job, which, do you think you would be heard? Now? Or, or do you think you have been heard in the past? Now I feel like I would be heard, and I have been heard. Um, but there were situations in the past where I was not heard, and I wasn't—I don't feel like I was taken very seriously. And the situation got much worse. For example, the supervisor mm-hmm. that I told you about—I um, was not—I don't feel like I was being heard because all of the people that I was talking to had relationships with her like had work relationships with her friendships so i think what was what i was saying to them about our interactions with one another were going in one ear and out the other and i had to just deal um there was also another issue where i was being sexually harassed and i spoke up about that to my chain of command at the time and they did nothing for a long time (laughs) But that was when I was um, much junior. Mm-hmm. And I'm not making yeah. an excuse or anything no, like that for the command because they should have heard me yeah. and they should have done something about it. Um, so, yeah, no buts about that. Wow. <laughs> Do you feel you're a better leader than the leaders before you? Oh, absolutely. Go for it. That's what I'm talking about. And I'm not just tooting my own horn or anything like that. I've always believed that even the most junior person has a voice. Like, they have something to offer to the Coast Guard. And I'm not just talking about work. They actually have a voice. They actually have things that could change the Coast Guard for the better. And I would listen to anybody. I would listen to somebody who just got in boot camp because I don't know everything. I don't I don't know what could work for this person or that person, but 
changes do need to be made. Um, and I think that a lot of times when the, when the, when the decisions are made to make changes, not everybody's voice is heard. And that's not always great because <laughs> it creates, this is how policies come out and they get changed like the next day. <laughs> Just saying. You are correct. All right. If you were conducting this interview from where I'm sitting right now, what would you ask you that I have not asked you already? What's your favorite Prince song? Hey, Don, what's your favorite Prince song? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, no. Um, I, I think this interview, this podcast is amazing. <laughs> But, and I'm not just saying that because... Because I'm right in front of you? Right. <laughs> no, it, it kind of opens a can of worms on a lot of topics that should be discussed. Um, and I'm looking forward to everything that's going to become. Appreciate you, Don. Is there anything else you would like to leave our audience with? Go Coast Guard. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> just... Speak up. Don't always, like, okay, don't always think that you don't have anyone in your corner, because you do. Um, I would be in your corner, even if I don't know you. Like, you can reach out to me and and ask my advice on things. I'll give you the best advice that I possibly could, given whatever situation you're going through. I have not gone through every situation, so I can't speak to to everything, but I would give you the best, um, in my opinion, the best advice that I could give you, given your situation. Have a village if you can. Find people that you can trust if you can. And if you can't trust anybody at your unit, there is a whole group of people out there that are willing to be there for you and just check in on you and just be that person that you need to voice your thoughts to. So. Well, look, hey, thank you for sitting down with me. This was wonderful. This was informative. Uh, your stories are important, and I'm, I'm in immensely appreciative that you shared with, with us today. I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. All right, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this little conversation, and uh, thank you all for tuning in. Bye now. And that concludes another episode of the Season Vet Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. And a special thank you to Wine One Ogunwale for making this interview possible. Now, if you are or know a Black Lady veteran who would like to sit down with me and be a part of this show, please email me at theseasonedvetpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call or text message me at 713-254-0970. You can also find, follow, and inbox me, The Season Vet, across all platforms of social media. At Real Season Vet on Twitter, at Season Vet Podcast on Instagram, at Season Vet Podcast on TikTok, at Season Vet on YouTube, Season Vet on Facebook. Y'all, I'm so out there, I'm even on Spoutable. That's at The Season Vet on Spoutable. But if you or anybody you know has a spill code they can spare, go ahead and inbox me. I'm trying to see some. Now, if you like what you heard, Please like it, share it, rate it, and leave a good review on whatever platform you're listening to this on. 
And if you're listening to this on the day that it drops, then you already know what tomorrow is. Yep, that's right. Happy 142nd anniversary of the day the Tuskegee Institute was founded in 1881 in Tuskegee, Alabama, with none other than Booker T. Washington as its first principal. (laughs) Thank you again for tuning in. And until next time, fall out.
Now, if you are or know a Black lady veteran who would like to sit down with me and be a part of this show, please email me at theseasonedvetpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call or text message me at 713-254-0970. You can also find, follow, and inbox me, The Season Vet, across all platforms of social media. At Real Season Vet on Twitter, at Season Vet Podcast on Instagram, at Season Vet Podcast on TikTok, at Season Vet on YouTube, Season Vet on Facebook. Y'all, I'm so out there, I'm even on Spoutable. That's at Season Vet on Spoutable. (laughs) 